and welcome to Bubble Wrap. On tonight's record-breaking 12th consecutive podcast, we're recapping the big games and news from Monday, August 10th in Florida. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube, and much love to everybody listening to the podcast on the Athletic Network, or Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your No Dunks Classics. I'm Skeets, and joining us tonight... As always, we got Taz Mellis. 12 games in a row. I'm not trying to do anything big here and keep the hitting streak up. Just going to hit a single tonight, guys. Might even bunt it. Just going to get on base here. We also got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! Taz might be going for singles, but we know this guy swinging for the fences. The international man mystery. Take it to the max. Lee Ellis. Friends. Judgey had the day off today. Who cares? And last but not least, <laughs> <laughs> making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Before we get into the games, we posted a brand new No Dunks t-shirt today. Calling it Bubble Ball, and it's very magical. So go cop that shirt at nodunks.com. All proceeds from sales of this one is gonna, are going to be donated to the Lebanese Red Cross. So it's a win win i think you guys uh will get a kick out of this shirt it's a lot of fun traded a great job on this one as well and uh so far so good people are snatching these bad boys up so go to nodunks.com for the latest merch from your boys honestly i would say do it as quick as you can you never know with this one you never know (laughs) know. Uh, it's just a magical design you know it's a magical design (laughs) it's a magical design uh all right tonight's podcast should we start with just 20 minutes on uh chris boucher's dunk on two bucks you want to go with that what do you think, Lee? You want to go with that big dunk? No. No? You didn't. I'd rather talk about bowl, bowl. Yeah. Throwing we're, darts out there. We were waiting on the Nuggets-Lakers game to wrap up, and uh, oh boy. We were like, uh-oh, it's going to go to overtime again. It's going to be a late night here for uh, for bubble wrap. But no, Kyle Kuzma comes through in the clutch. Game-winning three with about .4 seconds left. Uh, and then I don't know what the heck the Nuggets were doing at the end there. <laughs> hey, maybe they thought they had time to go for a quick two inside to bowl bowl and then maybe play the foul game with just point four. But uh, yeah, anyway, I think they were sort of throwing it in there at the end. Lakers, though, did they get their mojo back here tonight, Tass? 124-121 uh, victory. They had lost three in a row. LeBron, good game. You know, AD, good game. Kuzma, great game. Uh, what do you think? Uh, they felt like they wanted this one a lot more than the Nuggets. I think that's safe to say. They did, but they weren't really giving it at the end on defense. They're playing Olay, and that's why these games are a little bit irritating. Even that .4 seconds left you bring up, they're down three points, the Denver Nuggets are, and they just toss it in. It seems like they don't want to give away their end-of-game plays. It seems like throughout the league, Teams aren't really showing all their cards. That's my excuse for TJ Warren tonight against Jimmy Butler. But hey, we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, the Lakers look fine. I, I don't I don't think they're really trying all that much. I think the story tonight is about the Coos. Uh, you know I'm high on Kyle Kuzma being there in the end. I think they're still looking for the guys. It'll probably be a game-by-game scenario where they, they find out who's going to play alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James and, and Kuz has been sort of the bright light in this dim light of a bubble for uh, the Lakers that who've been struggling. I, I just, overall, I just don't think LeBron cares. Until I, it I don't agree with that. I actually do not agree with this take at all tonight. I thought the Lakers were playing to win this game and trying to get some things going here, get an offense that was garbage in this bubble going, get some confidence going a little bit. LeBron played 38 minutes. AD mm. played 38 minutes. And on the flip side, the Nuggets played their star guys for a little bit and then, again, waved sort of the white flag for the most part. I thought yeah. they wanted it, Tass. I'm not sure I agree with the, uh, you know, I get it from the big picture, like 
does it really matter? Let's just not get injured. We're the number one seed. But there was something tonight from this team I thought was a little bit like, you know, we're on the late game here on TNT, the game leading into the record-breaking 12th consecutive bubble wrap. Uh, <laughs> let's put up a good performance because let's let's at least get a flow going. Lee, they wanted to snap that three-game yeah, streak. They, that's they'd, lost, they'd lost three in a row. You yeah. know, having LeBron and that was basically their closing lineup out on the floor for the for the last quarter. I think uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing. The Nuggets' second unit was playing really well. Mm-hmm. Scoring the ball, uh, and and they will look at this game and think we should have won this one. So um, I think it was more Frank Vogel was saying, listen, we know we've locked up number one. We're not playing all that well though. LeBron, maybe he's got a little bit of a tweak in that groin. Maybe he wanted to stretch that out just to see how he how that's doing. And the Lakers just wanted to get back in the win column. I think that's important. I think going into the playoffs, you want to be playing well, and the Lakers hadn't been playing well. So uh, I think they absolutely went after this game tonight, and. Um, Got a really, really good uh, performance from that second unit from the Nuggets because Jokic wasn't on the end. It was Bol Bol, it was Plumlee, it was Morris, it was Bates Diop. Um, and, and the Nuggets gave them everything they could. So the Lakers mm-hmm. pulled this one off. Um, and they, uh, you know, again, you, you, LeBron just simply wouldn't be on the court if the Lakers didn't care about this result. And uh, I think Frank Vogel was just trying to get his guys back on the same page and looking at sort of what he would like to use down the stretching games as well as far as uh, his lineups. It's a very double-edged sword because, you know, this game was if P.J. Dozier makes a free throw and Kyle Kuzma's three rims out, we're talking about this being a bad loss for the Lakers. Seeing them blow the lead in the fourth quarter to a team that's not even playing their starters, it would be a different story, no doubt about it, if Kuzma doesn't hit a major clutch shot. But you also look at the shooting from three, 14-29 for the Lakers, and that's where they did get their mojo back. That's been a huge concern so far for the Lakers in the bubble, not knocking down threes. So I think that's a lot of the reason you're hearing the talk about the offense getting going again because they're finally knocking down the shots that are going to be important for them come playoff time. But it is a bright spot seeing Kuzma hit that huge clutch three. He's at the very least earned the first shot at being a clutch lineup guy, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. been great all bubble long. He's contributing on defense, and he can he has the confidence to take a shot when it really matters. Yeah, it was a nice play. Yeah, and the, and the close of game is what I was really referring to because I, I just don't think they cared to really – go all that hard playing defensively against that you know the the six through ten guys on the Denver Nuggets who yeah obviously outscored the Lakers bench by a billion tonight uh they did they did their job I was more impressed by uh, the Nuggets starters I, I just think it's it's a, a crazy story for them to come down to the bubble they don't know who the heck is playing for them basically the, so many guys contracted the virus or coming late or injured and Michael Porter Jr. comes down and basically steals a starting spot for them uh, he's playing against LeBron James, starting against him for the first time in his career, and just DGAF just goes right at LeBron. And that's the kind of attitude I think the Nuggets need to get to that next level because it just seems like they're sort of you know plateaued at this point and they sort of need somebody, even though Michael Porter Jr. isn't a, a rah-rah guy. I, I think they just need a bit of a spark, a bit of spice, even though Jamal Murray was supposed to be that guy. And, and it's just an interesting lineup move. When Will Barton and Gary Harris come back, I assume Michael Porter Jr. will still be in that starting lineup. How the heck do you take him out? Uh, and uh, I just like the way he has that confidence. It's just it's just a kind of a wild story that's, I don't know, kind of been overshadowed, I guess, at this point because his numbers aren't huge uh, game to game, but uh, he was six for six tonight, right in LeBron's eye, and, uh, you know, he's only played 24 minutes. Uh, the thing is with this team, I don't think the, the Lakers are really concerned because there's absolutely nobody who can guard LeBron on this team when he wants to mm-hmm. put his head down. 
Paul Millsap is just he's just there's too much size and we go back to the Cleveland Atlanta days that aren't good. <laughs> no, <for> sure. <laughs> Trey, has he ever beaten uh, LeBron in a playoff game? I don't think so, right? I think that's right. I think it might be a clean sweep, but uh, and that was what four years ago at this point. Uh, yeah, that's a tough matchup, no doubt. Uh, but it's also pretty unlikely that the Nuggets and Lakers run into each other come yeah. playoff time. Yeah, it is unlikely. I I think uh, I thought I sort of thought LeBron and the Lakers were going to take this game seriously earlier in the day when LeBron was showing up to the arena with an open flowing <laughs> shirt. Um, you know, you're going with that look, then you better sort of back it up with a pretty good performance. I was thinking he was actually having a rough night until he got it going. Mm. But uh, I'm I'm also disappointed, especially for this record breaking night that we just got to keep pointing out. Nobody wanted to rock the LeBron, you know, open shirt. Trey, I thought for sure you were going to be jumping on Zoom here with that look tonight. I probably should have. I, I, I botched it, honestly. <laughs> Let me go run downstairs and wake everybody else real quick. It's okay. Uh, Dwayne it's Wade okay. already did it, though, so uh, yeah, yeah. kind of beat you to the punch a bit. Yeah, you know? that, that was smooth. That was yeah. funny. I like yeah. these uh, like weird color-blocked shirts Dwayne Wade is wearing. Like, he's taking the dress shirt, which is a fairly <laughs> normal shirt, because it's, uh, you know, we did a lot of television. We had a lot of normal colored shirt, dress shirts, you know? But he's adding, like, these weird bars. Trey, like, is this a... Have I just missed this sort of, uh, you know, groundbreaking fashion move? There's, like, like a bar around an arm <laughs> or a big weird stripe the other night. And, like, this is different. This is just uh, more people hopping on board with the shoulder plaids bandwagon, you know? It started <laughs> with plaid on the shoulders. Now it's just blocks of color everywhere. Pretty yep. soon, shirts will never be one color only. <laughs> you heard Shout it here to first. My buddy Grizz <laughs> and my buddy Dub creating the shoulder plaids. Uh, oh yeah, I'm surprised I didn't catch on. Um, I wanted to ask you guys one thing. They brought up on the broadcast. I think Jared Greenberg was talking about it. Do you think there's some truth to this idea that the that the Lakers, as the number one seed, actually have a disadvantage because of this play-in series? Like the argument being, well, they're going to be sitting around here over the weekend not knowing who they're going to be playing while all the other teams will be. I mean, they're going to know their matchup. They're going to start game planning for it. Okay, what are we going to do and all that? They're not going to know if it's, you know, whatever the final two teams are come come Saturday. Tass, why don't you start? Like, is there something to that? Or like, relax, you're the number one seed. Does it really matter? Like, should you even be concerned about that? I guess they find out Thursday night when all the Western Conference teams are done, whether it's one of two teams. So they will have the let's say in in one scenario the Blazers or the Grizzlies okay playing on Saturday night so what are they game planning for really uh you know with the Blazers I guess you're you're talking about a small guard you're talking about a water bug or we're gonna how are we gonna deal with Dame how are we gonna deal with John Morant and I guess I don't know I don't really think it's a big deal that they have to game plan for those guys you know if you're going with the Blazers that their bigs are going to play more of a role up against Yusuf Nurkic. I guess both scenarios. You're going to have a big playing a lot of the time with uh, Jonas Valanciunas. I, I, I don't know. I'm just not buying it. An extra day? Uh, and I guess an extra two days? I, yeah, I, I mean, really doesn't see much. Time, more yeah, time. More time knowing your opponent. That's all it is. But yeah. if you're that worried as the number one seed about who you're going to play as the eighth seed, then you're probably think, your title aspirations are a little weak. I don't think it's worried. It's just as much that you don't have as much preparation time. And that's all it is. Now, the advantage comes back to you because that team will have played more recently in perhaps two games. So they're going to come in a little bit heavy-legged sure. compared to the other teams. But, uh, yeah, I, I think when you earn and, – and that's what Frank Vogel was saying to Jared Greenberg, or, you know, when Greenberg was talking about it. He's like, you know, we work hard to get that number one seed 
and now we have to wait a little bit longer than every other team in the playoffs. And that that sort of is something that shouldn't happen if you're the number one seed because coming into the bubble, remember, they were trying to figure out all sorts of ways to advantageous, uh, that's not really the right word, but give an advantage <laughs> to the higher seeds. And now this one, this is this has been a problem that I guess no one really saw was this actually works against that team. So so I buy it. It's not going to make a huge difference because, look, they've played these teams. They know how to scout them anyway. But teams and coaches like to have a game plan. They like to have a couple of days to work on it and then go over it in practice. And if you only have a day or so in between, uh, it gives you less time. Um, so I think there's something to it. I don't think it's major, but uh, I can understand why the Lakers would, would be like, hey, come on, that's, that's, that's something that's a little bit unfair when we are – the uh the you know we have the number one seed in the whole conference right and we don't even have home court advantage as it is because of this weird situation which was added on the broadcast too yeah i don't know i think at this point the suns have played so well we're going to get to them they they remain perfect the spurs have surprised a lot of people they're still the zombie spurs you can't kill them you know blazers got their full squad grizzlies are holding on why don't, we, why don't we just do this? Let's just call it a four-way tie between those four teams, and the Lakers get to pick who they want to play. Ooh, yeah, ooh, we'll make it like, like a 30-minute show on NBA TV or on TNT, <laughs> whatever you want to do, and uh, you know we'll talk it out. We'll get LeBron in there. We'll get Vogel in there, and they can like debate who they should want to play. Who do they really want to take on? You know, like, and we can have a representative for each team there. Something there, man. They're all in yeah. one spot. We can make that television show happen. Yeah, why not? Hey, why not? Things are different this year. So who would they pick? That's the question. <laughs> Things are different. I wouldn't be surprised if they picked the Spurs right now, to be honest, if, uh, if especially if Derek White is out. I mean, they've got no one in the middle with Yucca Pirtle there. DeRozan, obviously, he can go and get your basket buckets, but the Spurs' defense has been awful this year. So mm. I, I think they'd probably pick San Antonio out of those teams. Huh. The Suns are hot. The Blazers have got a couple of uh, stud players. And yeah, you're not Grizzlies... picking the Suns or Blazers. I no. think you'd either pick the Grizzlies or Spurs. Yeah, if you and the Grizzlies have got that, like, what happens if Moran just goes crazy? That, we don't want that. We want to deal with the Spurs. We know what we, we know in some to some degree what we're dealing with. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, the other thing from the last couple of days, uh, I don't want to call it, like, complaining or anything, but LeBron James admitted that he's adjusting to playing without fans, Trey. Uh, He had a lot to say about it. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole quote, but he's like, it's a weird dynamic. I'm not used to playing in empty gyms with no fans. I mean, especially for a guy like LeBron, who was like, obviously like the most, one of the most popular athletes in the world when he was in high school. Uh, So there's obviously a packed house every time he plays. And then he also talked about like the backdrop, it being dark and stuff like that. Um, I know some people are like, come on, like by this point, I mean, we are, this isn't the first or second day there down in Orlando. Like you're still talking about this. What's your take on, on LeBron? You know, again, probably was asked about it and, and was just being forthright about it. Still an incredible flex to be like, I haven't played in a gym this empty since high school. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Uh, Middle school for him, probably. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. Um, but a lot of players have raved about the shooting backdrops. Obviously, LeBron is not one of them. He hasn't been shooting well so far, but are we seriously going to let this guy plant the seeds for a shooting backdrop and being the number one seed at a disadvantage before we even get to the playoffs? Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. He'll figure it out. Five for 11 tonight. He figured it out. He did start to figure it out. Yeah, he was hitting the three ball a little bit. He said, it's very dark, extremely dark. You can literally hear a (laughs) feather hit the ground. I'm just getting more and more comfortable. I mean, he added that at the end, playing in the bubble. Lee, how would you shoot in an empty gym, in a weird cavernous gym? You've done it before at (laughs) arenas. Yeah, I've done it forever. Well, that's the thing. In the the Superdome in New Orleans... Doing that's the weird. Point shoot out there, man. That felt like the 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 hoop was miles away. That's, right. That's uh, 
that's easily the deepest uh, sort of like arena that I've been in where you're shooting. You just you walk out to that three point line, especially at the top, and you're just like, oh my god, this takes this is going to take so much effort to get that shot up. But uh, yeah, so it'd be different for LeBron, you know. I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. It's basically the same thing. It's a different look, but uh, (laughs) I don't know about still talking about it maybe like 10 days in. It's a a little strange to me. And again, now he's got it going, so it won't even be a big deal. But I just wanted to get your take on it. Anything to add to that, Tass? No. I think Lee summed it up. He is LeBron. Uh, (laughs) Perfectly. We're all good. All right, let's get to the Suns then. Uh, Devin Booker's 35. It helped them top the Thunder tonight, 128-101. So they're still perfect. The Cinderella Suns. 6-0. 6-0. Now, OKC played without a lot of their guys. No SGA, no Gallinari, no Steven Adams, no Dennis Schroeder, no Nerlens Noel. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> and it was a good win regardless. Okay, because they got to win. They have to win to get into this damn thing. But they had a bit of a scare task at the beginning of this game when it was suddenly like we learned DeAndre Eaton had missed a coronavirus, coronavirus test excuse me, on Sunday, which then forced him to have to like take another one, of course, and then arrive late to the Suns Thunder game. Like it's already underway. He missed the entire first quarter. I mean, he was there for a bit of it, but they got him on the bike. He wasn't in the first quarter. He ends up playing, but what a weird moment. And man, like how happy is he that they won this game? I mean, he had 10 and 6 in like 17 minutes. He was fine. They're not great. It was probably his worst game down there. But you imagine the Suns had lost this game. The story this would be with DeAndre Ayton you know, blowing it, really, missing the window for his test um, and putting his team at jeopardy, really, for the first quarter. And luckily, he did play. Yeah, and luckily, he was playing a team that, yeah, we're missing all those guys, uh, three starters sitting out, and they're not the deepest of teams beyond that. Plus, Dennis Schroeder still isn't there. So, yeah, they were playing. I was enjoying the Darius Baisley show for a Mm -hmm. while, who is their big, lanky guy that looks exactly like all that tape you watch around draft day, you see a big guy flying around. He just screams project. He's 20 years old. Uh, and it was fun to watch him, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, they didn't have enough. It was, they were just hitting everything. Guys who like Andre Robertson became a, a stud shooter all of a sudden. And then, yeah, it turned. It was wild. I, I, I was starting to feel a little antsy about the whole situation. Uh, but you threw it in slack. Skeets, basically, as the game tipped off, it came down from Sham Sharanya that uh, he was en route uh, mm-hmm. to the game. So everything was okay. And I, and I guess because maybe a, a tiny flashback of him you know, having a 25-game suspension uh, this season. So it, just some weird stuff. But, hey, it's happened to a, a few guys where they've missed a test. And then the debate starts on Twitter. Shouldn't they just remember what do they have to do in a bubble where they can't they can't you know say hey siri remind me coronavirus test at 10 a.m no no i don't have one actually they take they take really long in georgia don't don't book me for a test siri i think he was on the Woj pod too on the weekend uh on i don't know maybe it went up on saturday who knows when he recorded it lee but was talking about how you know how mature he's become now and stuff like that. So people were pointing out, like, this podcast just went up and now you miss a test on the same day. What are you doing, man? But it didn't ultimately matter um, because despite a great first quarter from the Thunder, yeah, they just don't have enough guys, enough bodies to to hang with the team and the Suns that have been playing phenomenal basketball and are still desperate. And, uh, you know, Devin Booker hitting uh, hitting shots like he's in the Superdome, like distance there, Lee. 39 feet, I think it was, yeah. in the play-by-play. Felt further than that. 
uh, flat-footed and splash that. And, that. and he had a great you know, overall game going for another 30-plus. What was your take on that game or Aiton or whatever? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, the Aiton thing. Uh, I thought he probably wouldn't have played at all, but then uh, the report came through that he, he could play when he was ready. So maybe it's the Woj curse uh, that he's uh, dealing with there. But uh, the thing is, I, I'm really surprised Chris Paul played. I know um, Billy Donovan said he wants to play because he's feeling good. He wants to get out there. And he only played 24 minutes. But considering all those other guys who weren't playing, um, clearly the Thunder weren't trying to win this game anyway. So I thought there's no real point in, in risking Chris Paul because he's the sort of guy who we know in the, in the his, historically he picks up groins or hamstring injuries. And I thought this is just a game where something like that could go wrong. But anyway, ultimately, uh, yeah, the Thunder didn't, weren't trying to win this game and, and the Suns are just right now rolling and they just need to keep that uh, momentum going because they can't afford to drop a game here. They can still win out and not make it. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's, they're, it's certainly the feel-good story of the bubble right now and uh, it's, it's good to see them keep on winning and Booker to keep playing the way that he has. But... Again, the second half of this game, you were kind of like, well, there's not really a whole lot to take out of it because one team's trying to win and one team isn't. So, um, you know, you just have to uh, you just sort of enjoy the Booker shot and all that. But it wasn't like uh, you felt the Thunder were really trying to get back into it. The only thing of note that did happen in the second half that was interesting was Diallo diving at Booker's legs. Oh, yeah. Uh, going for a, deuce, uh, for a loose ball, I should say, but taking out Booker, and he was none too happy. I don't know if you heard Eddie Johnson on the Suns call, too. Yeah. Eddie Johnson was telling him to drop like a macho man Randy Savage <laughs> elbow on his head. That's what he said. <laughs> he was yeah, like, didn't oh, he also say, like, uh, I'm surprised Chris Paul told him, we don't do that around here, basically, right? He's yeah. calling him out saying, like, you should have... Been educated a little bit here, Hamadou, but um, yeah, you know, people have a lot of different opinions on the old diving at the legs. Yeah. Are you just being scrappy? I mean, I don't like the leg dive, but also Hamadou Diallo, that's how he's getting on the court, playing scrappy, yeah. right? He's got to do everything he can to win over a coach, especially in a game where he actually has an opportunity. Uh, just watch your legs, peeps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he it, got it's he got Diallo. Yeah, we uh, we always debate it. Uh, the old Matthew Delvadova taking out a, a Kyle Korver situation or a, an Al Horford situation, that series. I mean, we really haven't had a lot of leg dives in the last no. couple of years. Uh, but you know, speaking of staying with that, the Suns broadcast, in the commercials, they're already selling their suites in the stadium for next yeah. year. They're oh, yeah. really they're riding this that wave. like crazy. They're pushing yeah. that every Suns game I've watched. Like these video boards they got and like, yeah, get in on the ground floor or in these suites, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Every commercial break, we're seeing the suites. And, and obviously, we don't know what next year is going to be. But I guess it's smart. They're not selling their season tickets, but they're selling their suites, I guess, where you can maybe socially. Dis- but it doesn't make sense. Like they're not going to be there. But they're just mm. taking every opportunity to ride this six-game winning streak uh the first six-game winning streak in how long 2014 isn't it oh, since okay. they had the uh three-headed monster <laughs> point guards i think i heard like, 40 years as well Dragic, yeah. didn't check. <laughs> i think it's since they had Dragic it and uh who was the third guard uh, 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 Eric bledsoe. bledsoe bledsoe yeah wow Remember that? Remember that yeah. squad? <laughs> we had a, didn't we have a photo of the three yeah. guys all yeah. holding the basketball? Guardian, one? Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it was. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great yeah. memory. Forty-eight wins. Yeah, that, yeah, forty-eight wins without making the playoffs. Um, you did, you slipped it in there, Lee. As incredible as the Suns have been, they still actually don't control their own destiny. That's the insane part. They're six and zero, could finish eight and zero, and still miss the playing round. 
which would be cruel. That would just be cruel, uh, <laughs> honestly, because they need the Grizzlies and or the Blazers to lose at least one game, Yeah. Uh, let alone whatever, of course, the Spurs. But they're actually, I think, a little bit um, up on the Spurs if they, if they go 8-0, uh, the Suns do. So this is, this is amazing, though. They're doing all of this. I had forgotten about it until today for some reason. Suns are doing all of this without Kelly Oubre Jr. and Bainesy. Mm-hmm. Those would be, if I had asked you heading into the bubble... Uh, rank the Suns players from you know best to worst. You're going Booker one, and then I mean you. I don't even know if you're putting eight number two heading into the bubble. You are maybe putting those two guys. I guess what I'm getting at is like two three or three four somewhere in the top five. So two of their top five players. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Lee. Am I right that? I mean, I think that's where you would have them. Yeah, I mean, Aiton is that one who should be there at number two, but I don't think uh, he was he was a lock to be there. Um, Kelly Oubre, yeah, they, he he was a, he had a pretty good season for them. Yeah. And Bainsey, I mean, Bainsey's Bainsy, very solid for that team because he was knocking down the three as well this year. But, uh, yeah, clearly um, Aiton has stood up and, uh, and and showing that he's got a lot of skill. You know, coming into this bubble too, they won two of their last three, so they've nearly had like a nine-game winning streak here, which Ooh. would uh, <laughs> it would be incredible here for the Suns. But uh, yeah, if it doesn't matter though if they don't make the if they don't make the playoffs, this is actually just uh, some positive stuff coming yeah. out of Phoenix. Some good, yeah. you know, real basketball that you like. This team might finally be uh, starting to improve. Now, again, we might not see basketball for five months after this from the Phoenix Suns. So there's a lot of time between now and next season, but. At least you look at the pieces and the way they're competing and the way that Devin Booker, in my opinion, has, has sort of elevated himself to a franchise guy. That's probably the most important uh, turning point for this franchise. If he can become kind of like a James Harden in some way, then uh, all of a sudden the Suns' outlook is, is really, really bright. Oh, I would 100% agree with that. I would add to that, like, Cam Johnson. He looks like he could be, you know, a potential steal, if you want to call him that, from the draft. Uh, with his early development, Mikel Bridges looks obviously like already a guy that's going to be on all defensive teams. And then even um, Javon Carter, man. That guy is like the perfect like backup guard you want on your team. Like He is a goddamn dog. I think they call him the... Uh, what do they call him? The pit bull or the bulldog or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. He is... He's a, he would be so annoying to play, I feel like. And in this one, I think he had three steals and two blocks. And he's just all over, guys. Um, it's how he's built uh, so yeah I'm with you Lee you're right even if they don't get in I sort of hope they do at this point because it's so cool especially if they go 8-0 if they go 8-0 and don't get in that would suck if they go 8-0 um, and don't get in it'd be like winning 48 games and not making the playoffs yeah. and then not getting back that's the bad thing that's the bad thing sons you gotta do it a whole season we've seen oh, them yeah. have great stretches and it's amazing they're having a great stretch right here um, and to me, I was like, oh, we've seen them do stretches before. Who cares? But right now, that's all you got to do. You got to play really well for two weeks. They're doing it. Yep. Hopefully, it pays off. Hopefully, hopefully they go 8-0. Because, I mean, even if they miss the playoffs, going 8-0, you got a nice little chip on your shoulder. You just got to be able to roll it over next year. You can't be missing your COVID tests and get suspended 25 <laughs> games. You got to be professional about it. Honestly, right? Yep. Like, you're going to have time off. You're going to have a weird start to the next season. You got to make it count. I just gave James Harden a compliment and no one's going to congratulate me for that or anything or just going to let that one slide under the radar. I actually missed it. What did you say? I said, I said if Devin Booker can become like a James Harden. Oh. I mean. Oh, it's such a backhanded compliment coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> You're just dissing him basically. Right no, no, no. He's, he's been phenomenal. I'm, I'm pumped, obviously, as, as a Booker fan for a long time to see him get the, the accolades, to see him get the attention even on this squad right now. So, but think, but think hold on. Let me just jump in. If yep. they do go 8-0, and, yep. and there is a legit possibility because they've got 
uh, a hobbled Philly squad up next who are sitting out guys as yep. well. A uh, bunch of guys out. And then Dallas on Thursday. Who knows? They could probably be locked in. Seven seed probably don't play all their guys. Legitimately could go 8-0. Yep. And the and the eighth place team, the Memphis Grizzlies that they're trailing, are currently have one win. If they get, you know, get to two and six, they probably the, the Suns probably don't make the playoffs. Is that right? Though they they win the last two and the Suns win one game. I the way I've broken down is yeah the Suns could go eight and zero, but they have to have the Grizzlies and the Blazers who are ahead of them still right now. Uh, Grizzlies in eighth, Blazers half a game behind them, and then the Suns be, and Spurs actually half a game behind the Blazers. They need they need them to drop a game. Yeah. Oh okay, one game. So, so at least one, at least five. one of them for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. It just would seem nuts that they invite a team that goes eight and zero, and they don't make the playoffs. It just seems like such a mistake to invite them if they had the best performance they could have, and they still can't make the playoffs. It just seems kind of pointless. It'd be like taking the movie Cinderella and ending it differently. And uh, I don't know the movie Cinderella well enough to actually end it differently. Trey, help me out if you do. <laughs> Uh, it's a happy one. You're not going to believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's my point. It would be like, uh, it wouldn't be the Cinderella Suns. It would be like a weird version of Cinderella. So what would happen in the, okay, what happens in the movie Cinderella again? She loses her slipper, right? Yeah, but then the Grand Duke goes throughout the kingdom and eventually they try it on the stepsisters. It doesn't fit. Cinderella's like, oh, let me try it on. Perfect fit. Right. But, but they drop it. It shatters. Oh, her dreams also shattered. Until she reaches in her pocket and pulls out the matching glass slipper. The only other one in the world. And that's how they knew it was true love. Mm. Are you serious? That's how it ends? Yeah. Well, I mean, they go to the castle and get married. And Cinderella's a beautiful queen, for sure. But it's like a footlocker ad? (laughs) It's a little bit like a footlocker ad. (laughs) Tass slips in. He's like, have you tried the heel lock? (laughs) Mm. It's a bit different in uh, Inglorious Bastards when, uh, when the guy puts the shoe on the lady. And then just strangles her to death. Yeah, well, a little different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what the Cinderella sons. Uh, yeah, that, that's the, more. Uh, that's a better analogy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We got there. It took us a while, but we got there. Uh, yeah, remaining schedule for these teams. Let's just throw it in there to keep everybody uh, up to speed. The Grizzlies uh, have the Celtics on Tuesday, and then the Bucks on Thursday. Blazers have the Mavericks on Tuesday, the Nets on Thursday. Tass said it. The Sixers have Philly who are going to be missing Embiid and Richardson. I think Harrison Horford are questionable too, or maybe they're even out now. They have them on Tuesday and then Dallas on Thursday. And the Spurs, who are still alive, they're still in the mix here. They have the Rockets on Tuesday and the Jazz on Thursday. So I like I like that they're all playing on the same days here, Tuesdays mm. and Thursdays. I said it last mm. night. I wish they were playing each other some oh, of these sure. games down the stretch, but what it is what it is, and uh, we will see. Grizzlies and Blazers really just got to win a game, and I think they're in. I think it's mm-hmm. as simple as that. But good win again. From the perfect Suns and my prediction, I'm holding on to my one team will go eight node in the bubble. <laughs> I'm down to the Phoenix Suns. Come on through, guys. All right, we're gonna get to tonight's Jimmy versus TJ battle and a little bit more. But first, a word from our sponsor. Well, folks, it finally happened. I was out trying to rip some lips and I fell in the lake. Pretty embarrassing to be flailing in the lake as multiple families walked on by. The only silver lining to any of it is that I happened to be wearing my Manscaped boxer briefs when it went down. Sure, I was nipples deep in water, but thanks to their patented high-performance anti-chafe technology, my fishing tackle felt safe and secure. 
And guys, that's just the undies. Manscaped does so much more. You could even say they have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 grooming kit. It comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer, the best one on the market. You also get all kinds of liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Plus, you can subscribe to the Perfect Package to get a new trimmer blade delivered to your door every three months. For a limited time, if you subscribe, you get the shed travel bag and those soft, soft boxer briefs. You gotta protect your rod and reel, fellas. <laughs> right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code THEATHLETIC. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. So, you fell into the water because you had a 40-pounder on the end of your line, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, a, that's the definition of a fishing story, right? I had a huge one, and it pulled me in. I didn't just slip in the mud and then take a step, and suddenly I'm worried that my phone is going to get soaking wet, and uh. I got to throw my AirPods up on there. Oh, boy. Then a family of four walks by and like, you doing okay down there? And I got to play it cool. I got to play it cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just getting get up here right in a second. Luckily, there was a dude like standing in the lake fly fishing. So maybe these people thought I was doing this on purpose. You thought you were going in to join them? Yeah. Got your uh, waders on? Yeah. Not quite the case. Not quite the case. Um, and I figured out that my upper body strength could do with some strengthening as it's very hard to pull yourself up. You've done too much yoga. Your core yeah. and your legs are... I know. I need... Like uh, somebody drop the, the link down. for uh, a pull-up routine or something. Tess, let me uh, mm. borrow your pull-up bar. I got to get my shoulders right because you never know what's going to happen out there on the lake. It's you, tough, you, man. Yeah. It's you like, got all that... I mean, you obviously fell in the water too, so your clothes are getting heavy, and yeah, it's it sounds. I didn't realize you were that deep. You went up to the nips. Uh, yeah, I went nips deep. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect it either. Uh, my shoes were like going down into the muck. I was like, I'm gonna lose these shoes. I got pull them off my feet. I've got cuts all up and down my legs. Like Isla saw me, she's like, Daddy, how did you get that wound on your leg? It's like. <laughs> Well, I fell in the lake. Grown-ups make mistakes, too. <laughs> wow. But she's seen, you, she's seen you fall down the stairs, though, before, hasn't she? Yeah, but, you know, it's different when you're bleeding. She's used to her dumb old dad falling down the stairs. That's old hat. Quite versatile, though. Stairs, the lake. I can yeah. fall anywhere. <laughs> I just, like... A young Bill dance. I know. That's what I was just going to say. Is like, when you told me you fell in the lake, I was like, are you just trying to actually be Bill dance now? Like, that's what he would do. And I hope you record it because I will laugh uh, but you yeah, didn't have it on camera oh, well, yeah. I'm glad you're you right. gotta you gotta borrow those Dion waiters from uh, Graydon Gordian <laughs> get out there yeah, and JD's workout routine because JD was the guy who said you gotta lift bro yeah gotta, that... lift. gotta lift gotta lift bro JD could you pull yourself out of the lake no problem you just like yeah jump right out wouldn't you well yeah except I would be concerned about my crocs getting lost in the uh, in the muck <laughs> Maybe that's why you guys are falling in water because you're wearing slippery Crocs on your feet. Your feet think they're crocodiles. They're trying to get into the water. I'm literally putting myself in Trey's shoes. I don't have Crocs. I don't wear Crocs. But I guarantee you he was wearing Crocs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You would think, be, you would think that they would want to be in the mud. And trust me, they did. They're like, this is my natural environment trying to burrow down deeper. Trey, are these uh, shoes going around online, these Yeezy D-Rose, like, collab shoes, whatever the heck these are, 
These are real or is this a joke? I asked today and I still still don't know. They're supposed to be real. Uh, there was like that other shot of some model was wearing them. Uh, so we'll see if they come out. You gonna get a pair? Oh my goodness. I mean, how would you even describe them to somebody? I, like they're like a, they look like skeleton fish. Yeah, they look like fish bones. Yeah. But are like croc material, yeah, like I guess? Very, they look like a very soft, floppy material. I don't know what it's made out wow. of. Um, very strange. Lee, would you wear those if you got them uh, sent to you for free? No. No? no free? No, Lee no. wouldn't wear those? No. You know, actually, uh, actually, Skeets, the other day I saw someone. I've seen this guy a few times. He runs in those, like, glove shoes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, to me, does not look at all comfortable to go running in. People, people that run in them love them. Live and die by them. <sighs> Um, I'm not a fan. I once saw a guy in toe socks at a cottage, and I was uh, repulsed, to be quite quite honest. Let alone shoes. I would think if you're running, though, you need more cushioning and more support. Not, you know, basically Uh, running on bare feet. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of research saying we got too much cushioning. Uh, Well, like, tribes way back in the day, Lee. Yeah, exactly. Born Born to Run. That's a great book. book. Uh, Did you read that, Tess? I did, yeah. That's a fantastic book. Lee, you should read that. It's fascinating. Mm. I would um, never do that. Never do that. <laughs> what? Run barefoot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would like, hurt. They run like the, basically, you know, like the super crazy races like Paul Flannery does without without yeah. shoes. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Like the, uh, <laughs> you know, sort of like the Spartan race, you know, but actual like 50K, whatever those marathons are, 100K? Oh, there's, there's no lots thanks. of variations, but yeah. Okay, I just figured it out. Uh, the the Suns going eight and zero, uh, but not making it into the play on play in tournament would be like the movie Cinderella where he shows up, um, but instead of a glass slipper, it's uh, one of these weird toed <laughs> shoes like Biden's. <laughs> she's like, ew, it's definitely not mine. Right. Okay, let's get into the Jimmy versus TJ Warren the rematch. We were all pumped up for this one. Who do we call to get our money back? Uh, oh, it was yeah. no, it wasn't that great. It was a bit of a disappointment. Of course, the last time these two guys played, last time they met back in January, they exchanged bumps and words and air kisses, and we got an ejection and like sixty thousand dollars worth of fines. And there was a lot of chatter. And it's like, all right, it's gonna be great when they go at it. They were supposed to play in March, of course, and then here they are in the bubble. But you know, they kept their cool, and you know, even Jimmy was playing on Warren a lot. But the Pacers were not really going to him a whole mm. lot, Tass. And you said it early. You think that was by design, it sounds like. You got the tinfoil on here. A little conspiracy theory? The Pacers are saving something? Nah, I'm making an excuse for TJ Warren. I think it was more like his performance against the Suns, his old team where he got shut down by Mikel Bridges. It was sort of reminiscent of that. He just didn't really... Uh, he was, he was hesitating. Uh, even when he got the ball a, a few times up top, um, he passed away from a three-point shot. He just he wasn't in T.J. Warren uh, heat mode. He absolutely wasn't. And so uh, you can make you can try and really dig into that excuse uh, because or, or that that line of thinking that they're going to be playing in the first round. So maybe he's just not showing Jimmy all his cards. Right. Um, you don't buy it. I, it's hard. It's really hard to buy that. But if it happens on you know Monday or Tuesday when they start that series, if they do start that series, it could they could be lining up and he shows us. I, I just, I just, it, it isn't a coincidence to me that the only two bad games that he's had in the bubble are against his old team and against an old rival. It just, it seems sort of connected to me. Like there, 
It just, he just wasn't as free and easy as he was in the rest of the games. No. But was he not free and easy because Jimmy was on him? I guess is maybe some of the argument. He was guarded on 25 possessions, uh, Warren was, from Jimmy. TJ scored two points on him and only shot three times. He was one of three during those trips. That's the breakdown that I saw going around. What were you going to say, Lee, on this? I thought he uh, early on he forced him. I know he's been scoring a lot in the first quarters, but he, uh, he took a couple of ugly shots and just tried to get some baskets. And then he sort of – that seemed to knock his confidence for the rest of the game, whereas Jimmy, I thought – Got some bucket or got some got to the free throw line early. Yeah, uh, he didn't shoot all that well, but I thought Jimmy Butler, considering he had nineteen and eleven, I thought he actually pretty much dominated this game because he just kind of was like, "I'm not going to get into this like pissing contest with TJ. I'm just going to take my team and lead them to the win." And uh, yeah, there was no tension. There was no moments between him and TJ, Nothing. and uh, and that was Jimmy. I think again, just saying, you know what, like I'm not even going to lower myself. To this, because that's what Jimmy was saying. He's not in my league, and that, yeah. and so he didn't want to get into a and uh, into any fights or anything like that with him. Instead, put it on the scoreboard, and um, really, the 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 Heat. This was maybe their best win of the of the bubble because they uh, they dominated them early on, and I didn't think the Pacers really brought it today at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, Batardzi, man. Oh. He only played five minutes today. That was five too many, I think. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jay Crowder was good, I thought, for the Heat. there was uh, they, they just seemed to be a much better team than Indiana today, who, um, yeah, I don't know if maybe they, they tried to go to TJ and TJ was trying to deflect or whatever, but uh, he, he didn't have it, and the Pacers really struggled on offense tonight. I, I'm worried about this matchup for the Pacers, Trey, a 4-5 matchup. I, I actually, I think the Heat have their number, if uh, and, I, and I love what TJ Warren's done down here. I'm sure he's got a game or two uh, still left in him, big game, you know, a 30-plus maybe in him, but... I just think the Heat are much better defensively than the Pacers and are a better shooting team uh, in some of their guys from outside in a Duncan Robinson. And even Drogic, I thought, looked pretty good tonight in coming back from injury. I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Pacers actually making this a long series if it is a 4-5 matchup and the Heat own tiebreakers over Indiana and Philadelphia, so they're very likely going to be the fourth seed. What, what's your take on, on the Jimmy-TJ thing and just this series if we do see it? Uh, Jimmy versus TJ, you know, we were expecting a knockout sort of fight and it ended up being a five round decision. It was fine. You know, it was uh, even the, the Instagram that Jimmy Butler posted afterwards of like him doing some some dancing, some jolly dancing along with mood was a little bit underwhelming considering uh, the previous uh, iterations we had seen. But, um, you know, Jimmy outplayed him. Uh, TJ is had a bad game uh, compared to Jimmy Butler. And, you know, Butler was coming back off an injury, too. So I would say a win for Butler. But. Hopefully we see a little bit more of it. I do think the Heat would have to be favored over Indiana. We're, you know, we're kind of forgetting at this point with TJ Warren how well he's been playing that Demonis Sabonis is missing, right? They're missing Ooh, yeah. their all-star from this year. Victor Oladipo hasn't really established himself so far in the bubble. And like you're saying, there are a few guys on the Heat who can get really, really hot. And when they're shooting well, they're a tough team to beat because they're going to bring it defensively on the other end as well. Yeah, still a win for the... Uh content creators though because i watched this game from start to finish you know i I was ready i had my popcorn i was excited for the tj versus jimmy thought we'd get some fireworks we obviously didn't and after the game ends you know i'm flipping through on youtube and i see house of highlights tj warren versus jimmy butler rematch full (laughs) dual highlights i was like what i just watched this game what the hell are they gonna i had to click the video because i was like I was just curious. How are you going to sell this as, uh, you know, this is like must-watch uh, clip here. It was two minutes and 25 seconds long. 
was pretty damn boring. <laughs> it was uh, first 30 seconds were about the old, you know, setup, the setup, the actual fireworks when they went head to head. And then it was uh, a couple highlights of Jimmy scoring. TJ had a couple buckets and that was it. <laughs> it's like, come on, come on. But you got me. They got me to click. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. Full dual highlights. Even though I just watched the game, I still clicked it. I was disappointed. It was a bit of honor. They're going to play again, right, Tass, these yep. two teams. But will those both of those guys be going in these games? Will things be decided in this final game, especially if they are playing each other? I would expect we're going to see some uh, a lot of rotation guys in that final seeding game between these two teams. Yeah, definitely. On, on Friday, these two teams uh, meet up. It's just that the Heat defense is so good. Uh, you know, they are... Uh, a better defensive unit uh, than the Pacers unit. Uh, and that's where the, I mean, I, they're, they're really close. I shouldn't say they're better. Currently the, the Pacers rank a little higher, but when you play in such a good defense, uh, when you're the Pacers offense, you just need some out of body experiences a little bit. Like Malcolm Brogdon looks so ordinary going up against the big men inside of the Miami heat. Oladipo ain't a star right now. So you needed a, a TJ Warren little stardom and uh yeah so it's very worrying for the Pacers going up against this really really solid team that looks like they are ready to play together the final game we'll just touch on tonight we're not going to get into the Raptors you know beating the the Bucks <laughs> great great win for the Raps with uh some of their guys deep in their rotation having good games we'll get to we'll get to one of them in whoa boy but uh we're just going to skip that one no Giannis it doesn't matter the shorthanded Mavs though did have a huge rally to beat the Jazz, 122 to 114. Now, this one also missing a lot of people. So, and this one was pretty ugly. But the Mavs came back from 22. The Jazz sort of gave away the game. I mean, they really were like, here you go, take it. Um, and the only reason I bring it up for you guys and for everyone listening is there's a lot of still like things up in the air with the seeding in the Western Conference. Uh, the, and this Mavs win, it keeps them in play for like, think the fifth seed even still but the sixth seed for sure and that might mean i saw hollinger point this out luca and porzingis they could play minutes against the blazers on tuesday they may want that game help their chances to get out of playing the clippers in a potential first round series even though that one's not even locked up uh really or maybe that is now that the nuggets lost is that one locked up are the clippers in the number two seed anyway uh yes i believe that is right okay so so it could so the mavs could look at this game against the blazers as well let's get it let's play our guys and that would be big news for the Grizzlies and the Suns and the Spurs but it is just it's a shit show in the Western Conference <laughs> yeah. listen to this nonsense guys okay the Thunder well, the will Nuggets fit. the Nuggets are definitely not locked into the or the Clippers are definitely not locked into the two seed okay they're not no well game, they're, well, we're game and a half up I mean the Thunder will finish fifth in the Western Conference if Utah loses its f- final on Thursday against the Spurs, and the Mavericks lose one of their final two games against Portland on Wednesday or Phoenix on Thursday. The Jazz could still move up to fifth, but that would require them to beat the Spurs and have the Thunder lose out. Utah could also fall to seventh if Dallas beats Portland on Wednesday and Phoenix on Thursday, and Utah loses to the Spurs. And within all of this, Houston could still move up to the third. I mean, mean, it is... There's really nothing decided in the Western Conference. We do have a couple now in the East, um, as we were like figuring it out and wrapping up last night's show. It's like, we know it's the Bucks Magic. We know it's the Raptors Nets. And we will get to playoff preview podcasts a little bit later in the week. But we're not going to know here until the final, I would expect the final night, right? Where What matchups, or at least maybe two or three of the matchups in the Western Conference. 
Yeah, the Jazz and the Thunder are both trying to avoid the Rockets, I think. That's why the Thunder tanked it today, and then the Jazz saw the Thunder tanked it, and they said, we'll tank it ourselves. Uh, <laughs> but again, right, that's so funny because I, the, the Rockets are not set where they are. No, I know, but right? I, I think they're basing it on what they know today, yeah. and they're like, all yeah. right, there's, they, they saw what OKC did, and they said, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll do one better than you are here. So, um, yeah, I, think, I just think they both want the Nuggets if you're the Thunder and the Jazz, which is... Uh, a bit of a surprise when you see, you know, when Jamal Murray's back in that team and the way the, the Nuggets have been playing, you know, they're not exactly going to be a pushover for either of those teams. Right. And and if the Rockets, um, you know, again, with, without a, a big guy and you look at the Thunder, if they have Stephen Adams and the Jazz, if they have Rudy Gobert, you think there is some sort of advantage there for them over Houston. So interesting. interesting. Uh, yeah, I think it's like when you play the Rockets, it's like, God damn it. Here we go. <laughs> the Jazz do not want well, to play yeah. the Rockets no, again no, in the yeah. playoffs. No yeah. way. No, yeah, and it's just sure. like, you'd rather just play like, okay, Jokic is awesome, Jamal's back, they're going to be a tough out, but at least we know what they are, and it's, uh, you know, we can play yeah. game plan. Like, the Rockets, you also know what they're going to do, but it's like, not going to be fun. They're either going to yeah. hit 25 threes, <laughs> and got these tiny guys boxing out giants. like, it's just going to be exhausting more than anything. So I could see why the reasoning is like, let's just avoid them, especially the Jazz, uh, like you said, Trey. Um, but we'll see. It's exciting that I guess we don't have anything decided. It makes uh, our life a little bit more difficult when it comes to planning our schedule for the playoff previews, but we'll make them happen. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll make them happen. We'll definitely do it. And honestly, like, I want to see the Clippers and the Jazz play. That's a much more competitive first-round series than I think uh, Mavs versus uh, the Clippers would be. Um, and, you know, Mavs versus Nuggets would just be awesome. Jokic versus Doncic, great times. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's a good point. I ha- actually haven't really put much thought into, like, who I want to see because it's like – well, as I just laid out there, I can't even keep track of it really. Yeah. I don't even know what if I ju- I don't even know what I just told all of you is actually. True. <laughs> yeah. That's the wild part. I was pretty confident with it, but there was a lot of info there and it's like, man, you know, I may maybe screwed up something there. It's 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 crazy, Tess. It's a lot of words. I saw that um that little breakdown as well and it's just it's it's a little too much to to <laughs> to, to really wrap your head around at this point. Uh, but you know we got a couple days. There's no no worries. I don't think we should really talk about seating until uh, until we get there. It's no big deal. It's it's the West is going to be good. The West is going to be very good. Like who you think are all the, four? You think all four series are going to be pretty pretty fun, competitive, whatever you want to call them? No, I don't. But I, <laughs> I think the I think the Jazz should be worried no matter who they play, and the eighth seed should be worried about the Lakers. Um, but some I, I'm. Excited to see the Lakers play, the Clippers play. I'm now excited to see this Nuggets play with the new starting unit. Mm-hmm. Hey, this Rockets team is intriguing. OKC yep. is intriguing. Dallas is intriguing. So, yeah, I'm just more worried about the Jazz. And if it's a Blazers team playing against this Lakers team, I'm tuning in. But uh, I think, you know, some of us were a little higher than others. We're riding that high a little earlier this week. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to go. It's going to be a long series no matter who the Lakers play. Six games. I'm still sticking to that prediction. <laughs> Lakers are going to have to take six games to get out of the first round. I don't care who they're playing. Lovely. 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 Honorable mentions to D-Book, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis. Had a monster game here late, but I'm giving it to Raptors big man, Chris Boucher. <laughs> Massive dunk on a couple bucks, as I said right off the top of the show. Lee, last night, late last night, remember I threw Austin Rivers an honorable mention? Yeah. And I said, as we were like getting out of Old Boy, I said... I'm going to see some weird Woboy winners over the next couple days here because of all these deep rotation guys getting minutes and an opportunity. Here's one of them. 
Boucher, this is a great line. 25 points, 9 of 15 shooting, 4 of 5 at the line, 3 threes, 11 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Pretty damn good. That's like an yeah. Anthony Davis line right there. <laughs> really? That's like basically yeah. exactly what sort of Career high, right? Yeah, it's got to be a career high. I don't know that for sure, but yeah. Woo! Chris Boucher. And a huge dunk uh, on top of that, like I said. Okay, Lee, tweet of the night, my man. Mmm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, so I just mentioned off the top of the show, no Yankees uh, game today, but they're playing against the Braves tomorrow back at uh, Yankee Stadium. So we'll be on judgy watch. Uh, now, tweet of the uh, night. So interesting as well. Earlier you asked about Paul Millsap's record against LeBron James in the playoffs, and uh, he is 0-8 and eight against LeBron James. And how's this? for being rubbed in, the salt being rubbed into the wound here, because after the game, Tanya Ganguly tweeted that uh, Frank Vogel said he stole that last play of the game, which led to Kuzma's game winner from the Atlanta Hawks when Mike Budenholzer was their coach and used to run it for Kyle Korver and Paul Millsap. So, <laughs> so uh, Paul Millsap uh, could never beat LeBron, but uh, Frank Vogel is stealing plays <laughs> to win games oh, using a Paul Millsap play. So uh, there you go, tweet of the night. Uh, mm. It was a bad night for Kyle Korver, too. Did you see him? Took a, took an elbow to the right under the eye. It looked like he was in a Ooh. fight with Jimmy Butler. No, I didn't yeah, see. I saw him knocking a few trays in, but uh, that was he, it. Uh, he, got, he, he was bleeding uh, yeah. quite a bit. He's a bleeder. <laughs> <laughs> but it, was, it was an ugly Known elbow. fact. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Pick them results from Monday in the bubble. OKC Phoenix was our game. Uh, it was an earlier game. Phoenix was favored by four and a half, and uh, they dominated it. Now OKC was missing a lot of guys. Tass, you had OKC to maybe cover. They got killed. So that's a loss for Tass. He goes to six and six here in the seeding games. Trey got the win. Lee got the win. I got the win. Trey and Lee are six and six too, and I'm ahead of the pack right now at seven and five. So I'm one game up. Look, look at us, guys. We're like uh, our very own version of a play-in tournament here, the Mega Bowl, <laughs> four of us. Who's who? Who's who? I guess I'm the Grizzlies right now. You guys are hot on my heels. What's uh, what's our game tonight, though, Taff? Well, I'm not going to get cute like I did with that OKC pick, like I'm Chris Paul Jr. Not going to be cute. No, sir. I'm going to keep this straightforward. There's only one lineup because so many questionable injuries and people oh, yeah. in and out of the lineup, so it's a seven-game schedule, but... An important one for the Grizzlies at home, quote-unquote, at home to the Boston Celtics, and they're getting four and a half points. The Celtics have to win by five or more to cover against the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow, yeah, who's playing for Boston? Who is playing? They didn't look all that inspiring against the Magic, though they pulled it out in overtime. They've won three in a row. Yeah. More inspiring in the previous wins against the, the Raps was one of them. They are locked in to the Celtics. They're locked in. I yeah. mean, Kemba. In, huh? Kemba had. They've been, you know, increasing his minutes. Do they just continue to do that, or does he like, or do they just give him a night off here? I'll go the Grizzlies. I'll get it started. I, for a long time, I've been saying Memphis will be in this thing, so I think they sort of lock up a spot if they uh, if they pull out the W. And I don't even need the W. I get the point. So give me Grizzlies plus four and a half. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Grizzlies, too, just because a lot of these teams that have been locked in have not been given that effort at all. So uh, we'll see who actually plays for the Celtics, and we'll see how much they even play when the game starts. So, yeah, Grizzlies. Yeah, that's the thing. What are the Celtics going to do? What are they going to do? Are they going to rest guys or not? 
I think they won't. I'll take the Celtics. Okay. Okay. Tess? Brad says no. He likes playing guys. Uh, I'll take the Celtics as well for Ooh. some reason. Yeah. I believe in Brad Wanamaker and Robert Williams and Shemi Ojale. Why the heck not? <laughs> that is the funny part about it. Like, you yeah. see, like, the starters are not playing, and you're like, well, that'll be a wrap. That's not always the case, because there's, like, a lot of these guys, they might be somewhat talented, and they're obviously they're getting an opportunity, and they got their starters cheering them on, and it's like, yeah. Trying to make it well, look at the yourself. Clippers. Uh, the Clippers the yeah. other day against the Blazers. Yeah. I mean, they Great had call. they they basically said, "Take this game from us, take it," and uh, and the Clippers ended it for them. So yeah, yep, you never know. Well, let's call it there on a Monday night. JD, twelve consecutive <laughs> podcast nights. They said it couldn't be done, <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Wow, eleven as we said last night. The most consecutive shows we've ever done we did it in vegas at least once or twice uh um, twice twice did we do it twice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're you're 100 sure it was 11 nights in a row i didn't go check but i um, pretty confident yeah i'm pretty sure <laughs> pretty, <laughs> yeah pretty i think sure. you remember that well yeah let's just uh, go back and and count the beer tabs in our pockets because it you know went up exponentially every night while we were there at mm-hmm. our coronas at the pool but Lee, the way Lee tells the story, we were drinking a keg of beer before we went in and did, <laughs> and did this show at night. Um, guys, keep emailing us your questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We'll be hitting the beach on Wednesday this week, so you got a few days to get your questions and comments in. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Smash those likes. If you listen to the pod on iTunes, leave your boys a sweet five-star rating and review. Got a brand new shirt. We don't know how long it'll be up there, so go to nodunks.com. Merch alert. Go grab it. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. We'll be back tomorrow for a record-breaking 13th consecutive podcast. It'll be amazing. Tuesday night. The Barry Bonds of the bubble. That's Breaking records every night. (laughs) We'll be on live following the last big game of the day or whenever the heck we decide to go live. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, yeah, there were some uh, pool beers had, but I think tomorrow night Lee may have to get an IV like he did in Vegas that (laughs) one time. $300 hangover. Wow. (laughs) Worth it. (laughs) Embrace the night, people.